Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, for this evening's small talk, um, I have a couple pictures on my phone, and uh, I, I I guess I'm going to give you the choice of number one or number two for us to talk about. I'm going to send them your way, whichever one you pick. Okay. Um, so I just have to guess one or two? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go two. Okay. So it's on its way right now. Um, This is a graphic tweeted by a Saudi Arabian soccer team whose names I forget. But this is their graphic after Neymar, one of the most famous players in the world, whom they gave a lot of money to play for them. After he tore his Achilles playing for Brazil this week, this is what they tweeted out. Perturbed stronger. Yes, and for those of you who have not seen it, it is a picture of Neymar lying on the ground and streaming for treatment after tearing his Achilles. And there's a picture in the background of him with his heads on with his hands on his head being carried off after tearing his Achilles. Um it is truly deranged stuff. Yeah. Uh, just like, you know, it goes beyond the Sam Darnold uh, mononucleosis graphic. I, I I don't know. Like, like imagine if the Vikings tweeted something like that after Teddy's injury, you know? Just immaculately poor taste is all I have to say. Just, just pure, unfettered, poor taste is what I would say. And that's... Yeah. that's 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 you, you don't you don't you don't do this you don't do this is what i'll say no you you don't especially not if it's a guy playing for your own team yeah well i mean be worse i don't know it might be worse if it's a guy I, I don't know i don't know what would be worse it's it's bad it's bad either way it's bad all around yeah yeah there, there are many directions it's bad yeah anyway today we're, we're going to talk football as always the gophers went, depending on one's perspective, either 1-0 or 0-1 on their, their idle week. I'm choosing to believe, I guess, 1-0. I don't know. I didn't actually have a, a, a punchline there. They are, are coming off that hopefully rested, hopefully somewhat healed, and ready to hit the back half of their schedule because it did just occur to me today, and it's occurred to me a few times this season, as it does every year, just how little of the football season there is left. Yes. Uh, there are only three home games remaining. Yep. Um, and I, uh, I I was pushed partially by that um, to briefly consider driving down to Iowa City this weekend, but decided that would be a really bad idea. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll be up here watching the game. You will also be up here watching the game. But... Um, I don't know uh, what. Obviously, we know what Iowa is, what they always are, and in ways they are even more extremely themselves this season than in past years. But um, how much Iowa have you gotten a chance to watch this year? Uh, thankfully, not a lot. Um, I obviously follow them week to week. I do watch the, I watch the highlights and I read the box scores and I, <laughs> I read I read about it and. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think I've I, I haven't watched a, a, an extended period of any of their games this year, so I, I'm not the best scout on them. Uh, but I will say they they do seem, in your words, to be very Iowa. Yeah, um, I, I I'll I'll say this, and then we don't have to talk about it again because everyone has the same jokes and they're kind of tiresome. But um, Brian Ferentz is supposed to get to 25 points per game to be uh, guaranteed uh, an extension, I think, um, after this year. They're at 20.9 points per game this season, and I believe it would take something pretty incredible for them to get up to 25. Scoring zero against Penn State kind of hurts. So um, That's not how you're supposed to, supposed to do it. No, um, but I will say in spite of everything, in spite of the fact that this Iowa offense is actually worse, honestly, like as constructed it is worse than in past seasons. I don't think it's Brian Ferentz's fault. Because um, Brian Ferentz is not good at his job, obviously. Everyone knows that. But there was ample reason to believe they might be better with Cade McNamara at, at quarterback and with Eric All and with Luke Lachey presumably stepping up to be the next Laporta, Fant, Hawkinson, whoever, because Lachey is very talented. By default, it was going to be better, especially with so many offensive linemen coming back, too. The problem is, well, Luke Lachey uh, is out for the season with right ankle surgery. Uh, Tate McNamara is out for the season after tearing his ACL against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And Eric Ball is out for the season after tearing his ACL against Wisconsin last week. Need ACLs. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're a problem. Um, and so right now, what Iowa has going on for them is they've got Deacon Hill, a Wisconsin transfer who did not really throw it. I don't think he had any career attempts at, at Wisconsin. And he's a redshirt sophomore, and this season he has completed 27 of 70 attempts. That's a completion rate under 40%. Not good. He's been sacked five times. Um, even if you remove sacks, his rushing total is negative. What a stat for a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and his, uh, his yards per attempt is 4.4. He doesn't have good receivers. Nico Ragini in his... 700th year is uh is is still around and we all know he is a perfectly acceptable secondary option but at number one he is not uh Deontay Vines their second most used receiver just he has a big big drop problem the third string tight end Addison Astringa um, was not listed on the depth chart this week because he's been injured he missed the Wisconsin game um, Kirk Ferentz said going into that game that a stranger would be more realistic for the Minnesota game. Um, but right now they're on their fourth string tight end. And that's, that's not good. Said, yeah, said uh, tight end Steven Stilianos is a transfer from Lafayette who didn't record any stats in 2022 as a member of this Iowa program. So uh, the, the receiving core is bad. The quarterback is bad. I like the running backs. Caleb Johnson looks very explosive when he gets some space. Same for LaShawn Williams. Um, But it doesn't really matter because 
A, the offensive line isn't very good, and B, the other team knows what's coming. And those two things combined mean it's, well, I'll just read you off some stats. Success rate overall, Iowa is 133rd out of 133 teams. That kind of says it all. They are not efficient at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're 96th in explosiveness. They're 118th in, in points per opportunity, which is times within the opposing 40-yard line, how many points they get per trip. Uh, they're not good at anything. Um, and so it really, like, the, this is this is an abysmal offense. It's worse than we've seen from Iowa before. And again, I don't think it's really anyone's fault because we thought it would be better. But schematically, it is mostly the same. Specifically, uh, bodies. Yeah, you, you need bodies. And, and the bodies they've got in are still going to play in Iowa style. Still going to see some, some 12 personnel occasionally. We'll see a fullback in uh, Hayden Large, the wonderfully named fullback Hayden Large, uh, who's actually a transfer from Dort College in NAIA, um, where he was a, a, a decent tight end. But um, you'll you'll need to be prepared for play action. You'll need to be prepared for screens. Uh, the Hawkeyes have been running some jet motion this year, which they, they often do. Um, most of the time, it's just motion, and they don't hand it off. Uh, but they did try that against Wisconsin last week on fourth and short. It didn't work, so maybe they won't try it again. The short of it is load the box, play the run, and uh, make sure your, your safeties are disciplined and don't give up a big play over the top or, you know, make, make sure people know the screen might be coming. That's kind of it because this team is, is not good enough to beat you through the passing game. Um, and if Deacon Hill goes out and has the best game of his career, you'll be frustrated. But dare him to beat you, and he does it. Then what? What can you really say at this point? So bet that he can't beat you, basically. Uh, the Iowa defense is also same as it ever was. Um, they, they they play a lot of zone, especially a cover two. They're in a 4-3 or a 4-2-5, depending on whether they have their third linebacker, the Leo, or the nickelback, the Cash, out on the field. Phil Parker is in his 12th, uh, 12th season as defensive coordinator. Um, you can see um, in the Purdue-Michigan State games that teams can get a little bit of headway attacking the flats, attacking the edge. And if you have Braylon Allen, then you can run it up the middle somewhat. And fortunately for the Gophers, you do have a, a really, really good set of running backs on this team. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily count on being able to to throw the ball at all. Um, because it, it, while I would say Iowa is sort of lacking in like top-level talent this season, like there's no Jack Campbell. There's no AJ Epinesa. There's yeah. no Bob Sanders. Same like, uh, was the white cornerback. Oh, uh, well, they, well, they, yeah, they no I longer have Riley Moss. That was um, Riley Moss. Yeah. But there is a different white cornerback to Cooper yeah. DeGene. Yes. Who's really, really good. Um, and he's a good returner too, not probably as good as the uh, as Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett were talking about in the Purdue game, but 
he's a good returner and um he's also one of the best cornerbacks in the big 10 and he does have another year of eligibility after 2023 so um i'm not as impressed by jamari harris who has been working his way back after an injury took out his whole 2022 and after he missed a couple games due to a gambling related suspension early this season one of the few guys on the team to deal with that uh i i'm not as impressed by him sebastian castro looks improved over last year their their nickelback the cash um but uh i i wouldn't say he's like the best player on the field and and xavier wampa the former five-star recruit or four-star composite safety um he hasn't been quite as much of a, a difference maker as you might have expected at this point, but I haven't been given any impression that he's a bad player at all. Same with Quinn Schulte, uh, the former walk-on at free safety, um, who despite getting run over by Braylon Allen a couple times last week, it is Braylon Allen, so you can be forgiven for that. So yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good enough secondary with one superstar that you don't want to ever throw at while the front six front seven depending on the look is a little weaker not too many sacks um i i think joe evans another former walk-on uh at defensive end is is quite solid ya black who uh, is a, a a marshall minnesota native and b um injured got injured at the end of the wisconsin game and may or may not play uh at defensive tackle I think those two guys are pretty good, but unless Black comes back or Noah Shannon, who's been out due a gambling suspension, they're very strong defensive tackle, uh, then I don't really see any like proper dudes up front. And uh, that also extends to linebacker where they have good players in Jay Higgins and Nick Jackson, uh, Jackson being a transfer from Virginia, but I don't think they have outright stars, which is all to say, if I were to find a relative weakness in this Iowa defense, it would be the, the, the run defense. They're 55th in success rate allowed on the ground compared to 17th against the pass. Um, at the same time, they don't really allow big plays either way. Um, which is one of the reasons you will want to stay out of passing downs against this team, but they don't create negative plays. They stuff only 13% of opponents runs, which is in the bottom 20 of FBS. So I, I don't think this is a, I think this is a team you will be able to run the ball against somewhat uh, at least, which is enough to give you a chance, especially against a really, really bad offense on the other side. So I, I think the order of the day is just run the ball. Um, do not pass it to Pertigine. And when you run it, do not fumble because fumbles will kill you. Uh, this is a team that makes a living on turnovers. A lot of those turnovers are, are, are tipped balls and kind of fluky stuff, but they know how to be in the right place to get those. And also they do, you know, they do make it a priority to to get their hands on the ball to to strip the ball so um you, you got to be prepared for that and ball security is a must here Ethan Kalik Manis when he is asked to throw cannot force passes Noah Kim had a really really bad interception throwing from 
hash to opposite sideline, which in college is always a really, really tough throw on one of those, you know, 10 yard outs. And against these corners, that's just not going to work at all. You're going to throw an easy interception that way. I also think Cali Manis will need to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, I know he tries to play out of structure sometimes, but that may not go super well for him if he tries that against this defense. So, except you're not going to get big plays, run the ball, attack the flats, do some swing passes, you know, that sort of thing. But don't expect to get probably more than, I would say the absolute cap is is 20 points barring turnover luck um, and special teams goodness, because this is, it's one of the best defenses in the country. Again, I don't think it's as good as in the past, but it's still elite, certainly. And then, of course, uh, Tory Taylor is still one of the best punters in America. So, you know, field position, especially on a really windy day, because winds will be approaching 20 miles per hour in Iowa City on Saturday. Um, field position could be a, a, a real key factor in this game. Takeoff is 2.30 on NBC. Paul Burmeister and Anthony Heron, the former Iowa football players, will have play-by-play and color commentary. The line is three and a half last I checked in favor of Iowa. Over-under is 31 and a half. I'm not a betting man, but take the under if you are. The projections, some are more confident in Iowa than I am. Sagarin, FPI, Massey all have it over 70% in favor of Iowa, but you go to CFB drafts or a Stats of War on Twitter, Arthur Fleming. Uh, his Projection has a 53% chance of an Iowa win, and the Gophers as a just a one-point underdog, which honestly, I think this is the most vulnerable I've seen Iowa in a long time. And I also would not pick necessarily with great confidence this Gopher team against this Iowa, even saying that, because as we know, that this is also a very vulnerable Minnesota, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, we haven't been good, <laughs> but you know, us, there's, there's some that we have a pulse, you know, I mean, I, it, it doesn't, I mean, it's going to take a lot as far as not turning the ball over and mustering up anything against that defense. But if you do those two things, you got a really good shot. So why, I, I, I almost think, why not? I, I think, why not? I mean, it's, it's, It'd be a, it'd be a it's an important game and it'd be a big win. I think our guys, as cliche to do like whatever player psychology and as useless as that is, like I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be pumped up for it. I think I think you know the Michigan game was not good. I think they're gonna come out motivated and I think they're gonna surprise some people. Honestly, yeah, I, I've been talking myself into this all week. It's one of the reasons I uh, I almost impulse bought a ticket for the game and and drove down uh is because i and and again i i there's plenty of reason to doubt the gophers as constructed you know sean tyler has a fumble problem if he gets carries we haven't seen enough of darius taylor and zach evans to know how good their ball ball security is generally um ethan kelly manis is incredibly inconsistent and the offensive line is not great and there, there's problems on defense like you can point out all sorts of problems with the Dovers and say eh, against one of the best defenses in the country it's not going to happen but on the other hand against one of the very worst most inept offenses in the country one that is down so many important players 
one of the worst offenses you'll see in the Big Ten. Like uh, even on like a in like a in a year to year, you know what I yeah. mean? Like a five year period, one of the worst. And you know, that includes the Northwesterns and Rutgers of the world. Like the worst offense than those are a lot of years. It, it's it's definitely down in that tier. To, I mean F. Uh, F plus has this Iowa offense at, at 122nd in the country. Yeah. If that's not bottom of the barrel, then I don't know what is other than, you know, 123rd through 133rd. So my predicted store is going to be 16 to six in favor of Minnesota. Yeah. I was going to say compl- an exact inverse of last year, 13 to 10 Minnesota, but the key in this game, as it is every game and every year, but especially against this Iowa team will be turnovers we don't turn the ball over, I think they had a really good shot. I think, again, especially with their run defense being more vulnerable, as long as Darius Taylor plays and Zach Evans gets carries, those guys are really, really good. So if we can not fumble, not throw weird picks, not get deflected and the ball, you know, some weird Vikings nonsense, I think I think we have a really good shot. So, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pick that with, like, 40% confidence. Iowa will be, they're doing their strikeout game, uh, which I feel like is usually the gopher game. Uh, when, when I last went, I guess the two times I've gone to, to Kinnick, that's what Iowa's done. But they'll be wearing gold jerseys, which they don't often do. They, they did do an all-banana thing against Penn State some years ago, I think. And I think they lost that game. I don't remember exactly, but anyway. They're, they're, they're going to be doing black helmets, black pants, and then the gold jerseys. The Jokes will be in their chrome helmet and maroon pants. For those of you who have only uh, checked in for the first time, Iowa has won the last eight straight and, uh, since 1979, which is when they hired Hayden Fry. Iowa has won 30 of 44 meetings. And the last time the Gophers won in Iowa City was a 25-21 win in 1999. So it's been a while. Um, This would be a good one to get. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, in the 11 o'clock window on BTN, Rutgers, Indiana is not the game you're going to be watching. I was was like, you're leading with that in the 11 o'clock window? So I I always write them down on my, uh, in my notes is the, by time first, and then within each time slot, the home team, alphabetically okay. so Rutgers at Indiana would come before the game you're going to be watching Penn State Ohio State in Columbus if you have any choice please watch the latter it will be much better I promise you don't need to be told that but it, it stands I don't know also clearly the best game of the window overall yeah and um, and the best game of the weekend overall wouldn't you say honestly yeah some other good ones, but I think as far as big stakes, good teams, high rankings, rowdy environment, you know, it'll be it'll be it'll be a good one. Yeah, I, I, I looking at my 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 uh, notes again. This is definitely the best game. Watch it. Two uh, thirty, FS1, Wisconsin, Illinois, BTN, Northwestern, Nebraska. Six thirty on NBC is Michigan, Michigan State. The most toxic game in college football right now. I do not report that with glee. It is just, it's kind of a messy thing. And I don't even want to get into the Michigan sign stealing business that came out today. So I'm just going to ask, 
There are lots of other games happening around the country this weekend. What is Aaron interested in? Yeah, so as far as, you know, again, big ticket games, you know, that I sort of like, I don't think UCF has enough juice this year against Oklahoma. Other than that, on that, it's not it's kind of the early window again, because I will be watching the early window. I will be watching Penn State versus Ohio State game. At 2.30, I do like Wazoo at Oregon. Oregon Washington last week like lived up to the hype very much. A lot of offensive fireworks, um, a lot of uh, and, and, but with a smattering of defensive plays and a, just a touch of heartbreak at the end that I think really, really uh, was the, the icing on the cake. But so I, I think Oregon probably wins this game eight times out of ten. But I don't know. Wazoo's fun, you know, and, and Oregon maybe going to let down, maybe maybe going to overlook um, overlook this game in a competitive in a competitive uh, Pac-12. Tennessee, Alabama. These are two like relatively mediocre teams, given how they've been in the last year or two, or in Alabama's case, the last ten. But they're seemingly similarly tiered mediocre. Again, it's still Alabama, but and gosh, that game last year, boy, was that a lot of fun. Maybe <laughs> that just picking it because that game last year was so so much fun. Um, and these neither team is at the stature, especially at the quarterback position, as they were at that time. But um, I will probably be watching the Gopher game. But if I wasn't, I would certainly have that on. And I think it's got a chance to be good. Don't like South Carolina, Mizzou. Uh, Mizzou's trending upward. South Carolina very much not. I don't know enough about uh, your North Texas against Tulane to really comment on that. I, 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 can, I can offer a quick comment. Yeah. Uh, North Texas is bad, but um, they'll need this one to, to try to go bowling. Tulane is very good. I will say I, I did watch UNT's game this last weekend against a team that I have quickly forgotten. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Temple. They beat the crap out of Temple because okay. Temple is also bad. But I discovered that um, so uh, I, I knew this. Steve, Steve Austin, the wrestler, he went to UNT and played football there. Uh, and so this year uh, the Mean Greens turnover bit is they, they get two cans of water, like cans of beer, but they're water, and they smash them together and drink them like Steve Austin, which I've never cared about wrestling in my life, but you know, as a mean green sympathizer, I really enjoy that. So if you do care about wrestling, there's something for you to root for the mean green over. That, that it's is probably worth that. watching. Um, a lot of mediocre yeah. games in that slot. I had Pitt, Wake Forest, Oak State, West Virginia, Eastern Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, Texas, Houston probably won't be great. North Carolina's rolling, Virginia very much not. Likewise, Ole Miss and Auburn. App State, Old Dominion, you know, some years would be really good. I feel like last year would have been a great game. I don't know what it has to offer this year. But then, in the evening, there's a couple good ones. Duke, Florida State. I would expect Florida State is one of those where I would expect them to win. But, you know, Duke is good. Duke is legit, you know. Not... So, so legit that they're going to beat a top a top five ranked team. But, you know, they did it once this year. <laughs> I'll be a team that probably wasn't as skilled as Florida State is. 
Um, but I think it's a team that played Florida State pretty well. But hey, that's a that's that's a that's a big important game. Yeah, and the the computers don't seem to overwhelmingly love Florida State as much as people do. Mm-hmm. Um, by FEI, uh, Florida State is only ninth, and Duke is fifteenth. So this is a bit closer than I, I think most people would probably bet. Granted, this game is in Tallahassee, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. So that'll be a little bit of a tricky proposition, in addition that just Florida State is like legitimately really good. But I think this could be closer than most people would think for, for a game involving number five. Yeah, and as far as ACC implications, it's big, right? I mean, Duke is their only loss is to Notre Dame. Uh, Florida State hasn't lost yet, so you'd figure as far as you know, playoff implications. Even I mean, it's it it matters a lot. So yeah, that's a good one. And then also at seven, uh, Utah USC feels like the wheels have sort of come off on USC the last couple of weeks. Um, I know they're favored in this game. I know Caleb Williams is still really good, even though he's turned it over a lot. You know, I know the defense has struggled, too. But they're still a good team. You know, Utah's a good team. I probably would would pick um, – I would probably pick USC in this game. But I think it'll be a good one. Utah's always got a really good defense. So, um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good one. And then late night, I don't really – nothing really intrigues me. I think Washington's going to kick the snot out of ASU. Stanford had their moment last week. I don't think they're going to have it again against uh, UCLA. Well, uh, I have one more game to shout out. Yeah, I think I know which one this is, but say it. Well, it's it's Tech at BYU. Okay, yeah, uh, I saw that. Uh, and the the only well, what what game did you think I was going to shout out? Uh, I thought you were going to shout out the is it the Raging Cajuns that are playing Georgia State. That would be a really good game, though. I, yep. I will give you that. Georgia State won a very close one over Marshall last week. And then, you know, the Cajuns are the Cajuns. But uh, no, I. Defenses I'm watching right now. But I, I was going to just mention Tech and BYU because my mother's going to be at the game. Nice. Um, yeah, she, she hasn't been to more than like one or two Tech games in the last long time. Don't so, play uh, very often. No, no, they don't. Uh, but they're about to a bit more. So. Yeah. Um, However long she stays in Salt Lake City, she'll have a chance to see the the Red Raiders fairly often. So that'll be neat. And uh, also, BYU looks bad, and Tech needs to play a bad team right now. Uh, I haven't checked to see whether Baron Morton will be active this Saturday, but he went down against K-State, and the redshirt freshman third stringer was not really up to it and then Zach Kitley, the offensive coordinator, didn't seem to really grasp that the quarterback wasn't exactly, you know, the guy and he kept demanding shot plays and that did not go well and Tech lost in a game they should have won obviously. So but I'm not bitter because we've got college football this weekend. Absolutely. It's a blessing every week. Blessing every week. And uh you know, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the end of that blessing, whether we like it or not. So enjoy it while it's here. Is there anything you wanted to mention before we sign off? Uh, nope, nope. It'll be it'll be great. Go Gophers. Go Gophers indeed. Well, we'll catch everyone next week. All right, see ya.